Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Danny Brown Talks Phoenix. As always, I am your host, Danny Brown. And today I am joined by Devin Butler, who is the founder of Arizona Entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Devin. Appreciate it, Danny. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I definitely appreciate you coming on. So I'd love to get to know you better, uh, introduce you to our audience. So tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Arizona Entrepreneurs. For sure. So um, so as you said, my name is Devin Butler. I originally moved here to Arizona about two years ago. So I've been here since May of 2019. And really the whole the whole point of how Arizona entrepreneurs got started, I'm sure we'll dive into that in a little bit. But um, when I first moved here, the thing that was most difficult for me was finding like-minded people to connect with, finding other entrepreneurs and, and business owners to surround myself with. So that's kind of how I stumbled into Arizona entrepreneurs and started that business. But um, yeah, you know, once I, once I moved to Arizona, I knew I wanted to kind of go full force with entrepreneurship and, and, and Arizona entrepreneurs is, is the result of that. Uh, where did you come from and what brought you to Phoenix? Yeah. So I came from Michigan originally, like Grand Rapids area. And, uh, it was the first time in my life that I was not necessarily attached to Michigan for anything. I played college football out there and was in, in school and, and just always had something going on back in Michigan, which prevented me from moving. Um, so it was the first time that I was done with school, done with football, and I kind of just wanted to, and not to mention it's cold, obviously, that's the main reason, but um, came and visited a good friend out here in Arizona, just loved the culture, loved the environment, and decided to make the move. Yeah, it seems like most people who relocate here are either escaping high taxes in California <laughs> exactly. or escaping the cold of the Midwest. Exactly. One or the other. Yeah, there's not a lot of in between. So my first <laughs> guess would have been from California. And then, of course, the second guess would have been from the Midwest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so very nice. Well, then, so you got here, you, you got to Phoenix and and you realized that there was uh, something lacking in the, the business community. You know, what what were you doing before and and how did you realize that that something was missing in phoenix for sure so yeah to give you some more some more context on that when i first moved here i for the first year year and a half i was doing a different business so at the time i built like a lead generation company for the home improvement industry so my business partner and i we both had background within the home improvement industry doing lead generation so we um, you know, started that business up, partnered up with a couple local companies and did that. But our whole model was around events, marketing and trade shows. So it wasn't around it wasn't until around COVID when an event events and trade shows, they they essentially halted. So we had no business <laughs> business anymore. We would have had to essentially adapt and transition to online. But it wasn't really where my true passion was. It was just something that him and I both knew how to do. So we kind of started that. But with that being said, when we first got out here, we knew like we were building that business and we really wanted to find other, you know, people just within the business realm to connect with. So we went to a ton of networking events, ton of different trade shows, things like that. And uh, I just I just realized that there wasn't there wasn't any necessarily groups or events that really stuck with me. But more so than that, it wasn't the groups or events specifically. It was just I didn't feel like I was building deep connections and not even just relationships, but true friendships with with people who were thinking the same way we were. So I just kind of noticed that and and we'll dive into it. But I kind of stumbled across Arizona entrepreneurs to begin with. It, it wasn't all by you know intention that I wanted to start this business and have this networking group. It kind of happened by accident. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's how a lot of great businesses start is kind of by accident <laughs> and falling into it. That is a mm -hmm. massive coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I've attended, obviously I'm in real estate and mm -hmm. real estate revolves around networking. And I've, I've attended, you know, countless networking events where it just seems like you're in these, these groups and you're doing awkward small talk and you've got a stack of business cards and you're just like, yes. here you go, here you go, here you go. And it's just, there's no depth to it. Exactly. So is that kind of what you're speaking on into some of the networking events that you attended? A hundred percent. It just seemed very transactional to where it was just passing business cards, not so much about building a relationship based on reciprocity. It just seemed like, here's my business card. If you could send me business, send me business. It wasn't around actual, actually developing relationships with people in the room. So how is Arizona Entrepreneurs different than in terms of those types of networking events? How, how do you get past the, the awkward small talk phase of these networking events to create those deep relationships that, you know, that you're speaking to that Arizona Entrepreneurs brings? For sure. So based on like the in-person events specifically, just talking on those, um, I feel like it is really with creating the environment to where people are relaxed and comfortable in order to not just be throwing business cards out there and be actually talking and, and like you said, having more relationships built on depth. So um, with the environment that we provide in the events that we create, we try to make sure that they, that they provide that music playing, you know, mixer drinks. And, and these are just the events that we've had in the past. We've had three, um, three events so far, and they've all been in the evening at the same venue, outdoors, music, you know, drinks and things like that. And in the crowd and the demographic of people that show up, they just seem very receptive to that. They seem very, um, they seem very much so wanting to, you know, build relationships with people there. So I think that's another thing is the type of people there. If you have a bunch of people there who are, you know, just trying to get a couple leads, then that's the way they're going to act. There's going to be throwing business cards out there trying to sell people. So who, what type of uh, entrepreneurs show up to your events? Like who's welcome? Um, honestly, so we, we keep it pretty welcome to any, you know, business professionals or entrepreneurs in a general sense. So um, as far as the type, it's very difficult to say because it's a wide range of people. You know, we have people from food trucks to, to you know, a fitness business. Like there, there's so many different unique businesses that are there. Um, but yeah, we keep it welcome to everybody, but typically the people who are going to be investing into coming to an event like that to where they're, where it's centered around um, networking, you know, people are going to be falling within that business professional entrepreneur type realm. And do you guys, uh, you know, you, it's a business, so I'm assuming you've got to make money. So are you looking for people to join Arizona entrepreneurs and become members? Do you charge for these individual events? How does, how, you know, how does Arizona entrepreneurs make, make money? Yeah. So we have an online membership community. And so that's one, one facet to it. And then we also have these in-person events, which they, they cost to attend. And then we also have sponsors and, and do different things like that. So the in-person events, all of our members, they get access to all the in-person events and all the online events, everything we do within, within Arizona Entrepreneurs. And then people can also just come to our in-person events if they don't want to, you know, be a full member. Very nice. So what does uh, attending one of your events, what would that cost someone if they wanted to, to come by? So it depends. So the first event that we've been doing that, that I told you was at the same venue, the, the three we've had in the past, they've been 25 to come to those events, 25. And then we're planning an event for June 5th, which is going to be at uh, an airport hangar in the Scottsdale airport. 
and that one is fifty dollars to attend. So it, there, there's you know differentiation within the prices, and then you know eventually we want to start hosting conferences and conventions, and those will probably be priced differently as well. So it really depends on the event we have for the month, but um, right now they've been around you know twenty five to fifty dollars. Okay. Um, so with the, with your membership, what is the, what does the membership entail outside of just attending those events? You know, what sort of perks do, do members get? Do you have, um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the members, they get access to all those in-person events, which we put those on on a monthly basis. And then they also get access to our virtual events. So basically every week we have a virtual event for our members. Um, one week is our mastermind calls where we're talking about our businesses, bouncing ideas off each other, just helping each other overcome different challenges. Um, and just one thing with those masterminds is I felt like over time that has really that has really helped with the relationship building part because people are helping each other solve problems. We're just constantly on these calls, um, you know, helping each other. And with that, you know, there's a lot of leads being generated between the group, but it's all based off relationships instead of just transactional. But so we have the mastermind calls and then we have the master classes and that's where we have we have a list of 12 educators high level educators and we bring them on every other week to teach on a different topic around entrepreneurship um, and then we also have our course library which is you know a library of different resources and in courses that we collaborate with different local business owners on and then lastly we have our, our community feature so we have a place where all the members are able to talk send direct messages just kind of come together behind the scenes outside of the events or the virtual events we have so that's kind of what the membership entails that's very cool so it sounds like it's it's much more than just networking it's also helping you know business owners run their business for sure um, yeah so expand on that a little bit for me then on in terms of what those master courses look like and some of those higher level conversations um, i find that to be very interesting for sure yeah so we bring on different speakers every other week and and these speakers have a lot of different expertises so for example last week we had david carpenter on who he's big in the the insurance industry and he came and taught on sales. So he was just giving us different sales strategies, key things that he uses within his sales processes. And with that sense, it's an entrepreneur network overall, we keep it broad enough to where it's still gonna be applicable to you and your business. So we're talking sales, marketing, legal, you know, things that are super important for entrepreneurs on a broad scale to, to be informed about. Yeah, and, and what are some of the courses that are in your uh, in your library, your entrepreneur the course library? Yeah. Um, similar topics. So one of them is one of them is actually speed reading. That was a very interesting course to watch because I'm a slow reader and it was it's, it's speed learning in general. So that was an interesting one. Um, we have a personal branding course in there and Instagram specific like Instagram strategy, growing your Instagram. Um, what else is there like acquiring your first three clients? That one was mainly for like sale or for um like course creators and coaches and things like that. But it's a, yeah, it's a wide range of courses, but really with those courses, we just try to make sure that um, they're valuable to entrepreneurs on a broad scale and that they can help you with your business. Very nice. Yeah. I found with, with a lot of these networking type of groups and there, you know, there's a variety of them out there, I'm sure, as you know, that it's, it's not necessarily the big events where you really get to know people. It's, it's these smaller one-off things where you can really get to know someone on a personal level um, I've always found the bigger stuff to be somewhat socially awkward, mm -hmm. just, you know, unless there's some sort of silly icebreaker, for um, sure. you know, it's for, 
a lot of entrepreneurs um, aren't necessarily, you think of an entrepreneur, you think of just somebody who's extroverted, but there's a lot of introverted entrepreneurs out there um, that those types of large networking events are probably intimidating and not, yeah. not super attractive to them to, to want to attend. So these smaller, these smaller sessions are probably, probably where a lot of the relationships are, are really built. Honestly, yeah, I feel like a lot of the relationships are built within our membership kind of behind the scenes because we're meeting up constantly on a weekly basis, even though it's virtual through Zoom, like a lot of people are just, you know, we're just we're helping each other solve businesses and grow within our businesses, which naturally we're, you know, developing relationships with each other. So do you limit um, the types of businesses that can attend? Do you, you know, some networking groups won't allow like overlapping like I'm part of some different networking groups where they're not going to let another realtor into that networking group because we would then obviously be competing for the same business and same referrals. Mm -hmm. So do you guys limit who can attend or is it kind of just open to, to everybody? We don't. And that's, that's why, because like based off kind of what we've been talking about the whole call, like I don't want it to just be where people are joining just for referrals or leads. So I want it to be where there's maybe there's five realtors in there and it's not so much. It's about how can these five realtors help each other all become better. So the, the overall intention and goal is to keep it open to entrepreneurs on a broad scale to where we're all, because I feel like there, there's so much business out there for all of us to win. So if we just kind of all come together, you know, continue to brainstorm ideas and help each other grow, that's going to, you know, be mutually beneficial to everyone. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you completely. I think there's a, a there's a place for, for those smaller networking groups. And then there's a place for, for yours, which are a little bit on the larger side. And, and there's absolutely enough, there's enough people, a large enough population where everybody can thrive and win. And you do learn a lot when you are speaking to somebody who's in the same field as you are, because they're probably going through some of the same challenges you are, or have faced those challenges previously and, and can share with you how they overcame them. So as long as it's an environment of sharing and not being secretive, then I think that that's definitely can be a winning recipe for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, so how large is your organization currently? So as far as the actual membership community, we have 32 members right now. Um, but as far as the events, I, I mean, the event, the event basis, that, that could be anywhere from 75 people to 200 people. So that, that really oh, wow. varies. Yeah. And then um, as far as our, our, our team in-house team, we have about four people on the team right now. So it's a, it's still a growing and small community, but um, you know, we got big goals for it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your goals. You know, where are you guys headed? Yeah. So really, so one thing, one of my big goals coming up this fall, I want to have a, a conference. I want to have a conference here in the Scottsdale area. So we kind of had those, we, we call them the AZ after hours. Those have been our mixer type events. We've had three of those and kind of figure out the process with those and how to put on a good event there. Now we're having the hangar events, um, which is going to be a whole different event style. So we want to Cause we're going to like this next event, we're going to have speakers at and a, and a whole panel and everything like that. So this is kind of leaning more towards that conference side. So we're kind of working our way up. Um, but then, you know, this fall, I want to have a, a pretty big conference and bring on some, you know, high level keynote speakers and things like that. So as far as like short-term goals, I want to expand the type of types of events we have. Um, and then in addition to that, I just really want to position Arizona entrepreneurs as, is like the entrepreneur hub or network for Arizona. If you're, 
in business, if you're a business owner and you live out here to where, you know, you could get a ton of value by getting plugged in with our network and with our group, whether it's the people you're meeting or just the things that you're learning throughout our, our membership and things like that. So um, that's really some of the goals moving forward. Very nice. I love that events are coming back. Me too. It is, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I bet the last year, you know, for your type of business has been really tough to navigate. What, uh, you know, what did you guys do during COVID when you couldn't host these social gatherings? Honestly, it, it, it would be tough for the events, but honestly, it was like perfect timing only because like, so I, I launched a company in October, or excuse me, I launched a company. Well, October was when we officially launched, but like March was when I launched the Instagram page and everything, which is like the first month that everything started happening. So um, like throughout the time that I was building it, 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 so many people needed something like that because a lot of our, our calls and everything was through Zoom. So we were able to kind of navigate through the, the restrictions on having in-person events. And then October was when we officially launched the business. And I want to say we had our first event in January or February. So, so we, we started to be able to have these in-person events, but it was difficult at first with the restrictions and having to, you know, be within compliance and everything. But um, now I feel like it, it's definitely perfect timing because so many people are craving those in-person events, you know, and, and we started kind of putting those on as so many people were, were looking for something like that. So I, that, that probably helped us build traction. Sure. Sure. I'm sure people are just I know myself, you know, part of that is just itching to get out and to, to get back to some sort of normalcy and, and go to restaurants, go to networking events and just see people face to face instead of these stupid Zoom calls. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how do you compete then, you know, what with like the BNIs of the world? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not uh, I'm not a BNI person. I'm, I'm not a big fan because I do think that they're very transactional um, and a little bit of kind of culty. No, no offense to any BNI <laughs> people out there, but I, I don't like keeping score. Um, you know, if I have a referral to give, I'm going to give. And if I'm going to get a referral, I'm going to get it because I've built trust and a relationship with that person. And I'm not, not a scorekeeper. So, exactly. you know, what, what sort of things do you guys do to try and differentiate yourself from those types of networking groups, the rotaries, um, the chamber of commerce? Cause there's, I feel like your, your industry is, is very saturated with, um, competition. For sure. So based off the couple that you said there, like chamber of commerce and BNI, those are ones that I'm super familiar with. Cause I went to a lot of those events when I first moved here. And one big thing that I noticed with both of those organizations is it, a lot of a lot of the networking they do and a lot of the the events, I guess more so for the Chamber of Commerce, BNI events are pretty much the same every time, but it just seems very old school and outdated. And being a younger guy new to Arizona, I was trying to meet, you know, like-minded business friends and I I wasn't necessarily finding them at Chamber of Commerce events. And with BNI, you kind of said it right there. You feel as you build relationships and develop trust with people, that's what's going to generate you referrals or leads. And that's how I want to structure Arizona entrepreneurs is by the, the way you're talking to people. And as you're building trust and collaborating with others in the group, that's what's going to generate leads versus it being like, okay, you're the realtor of the group. I have to bring, if I have a realtor lead, I have to bring it to you. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think it, it just seems very forceful within BNI to me. And, and when I was going to those events, I attended a few chapters as a guest, it just, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And 
and that's really how I want to differentiate Arizona entrepreneurs is make it an organization to where, you know, the, the core values and it's centered around, you know, truly building genuine relationships with others in the group and then just providing a very fun, relaxed, you know, enjoyable environment to where people could, you know, connect with others and, and grow their business. You, you know, you, you said something that uh, the chamber was kind of old school, but I think what you're doing is, is old school. I think, you know, there might be a new way of doing it, but you're talking about building relationships with people. Yeah. And I, I, and I think that that's the, just, if you truly want to make a business that's recession proof and that can weather a lot of storms, it's building deep relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, that that's just kind of an old school way of doing business. And that's I think true. that it's the way that it is just going to continue to, to work. I agree. So if, if, if someone is uh, an entrepreneur and getting started, since you have access to a lot of different small businesses and people in that community, what's some, what's some words of wisdom that you have for some people who are, are maybe, you know, a little disillusioned after the last year, um, you know, their work may be calling them back to the offices. Um, they may have lost their job and aren't quite ready to want to go back and they're thinking of starting their own business. What's, uh, what's some, what's some words of advice that you have for, for those people? Yeah. I mean, so I'm when I first, spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no problem with that. So when I first started, like essentially my first business, I did a couple of things in college, but nothing really legitimate. So the first time that I started a business, when I moved out here, it was very difficult for me and my business partner to build traction in it. So it, it at first it was, it was super easy to, to not see the vision and what it was that we were pursuing. But I feel like that's one of the most important things. If you have a dream or a vision or something that you want to pursue and that you truly feel like is pulling at your heartstrings, like I need to do this. I feel like you ultimately just have to reverse engineer it. So think about exactly what it is that you want and then start to break down step-by-step step what you'll have to do to get there. So even even with the, the lead generation company that I first started when I moved out here, I, I pivoted and I'm not doing that anymore. So, you know, some might chalk that up as a fail, but I learned so many things throughout that process. So I feel like just taking that leap and taking that jump to, to get into entrepreneurship, if you truly feel like that's your calling, I feel like that's the, you know, the most important piece of advice you can give because so many people have that analysis paralysis where they're you know, thinking about doing something, they want to do it, but uh, it's uncomfortable. I don't know. But if you just jump and do it, you will figure it out as time goes. And, and I've noticed that with every single business that I started, even when they failed and didn't become successful, I learned things and then it, you know, helped me to find some other thing. And it's just slowly continuing to work up to, you know, ultimately doing exactly what it is that I want to do. So um, yeah, I, I guess that's the biggest piece of advice I would give is to just jump and do it and you will figure things out along the way. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit kind of the nail on the head. And, and I've always thought it's only a failure if you didn't learn something from it. Exactly. Um, you know, so there's so many tech companies out there. And, and you know, one of the lessons they have is, is to fail and to fail fast. Mm -hmm. You know, get those reps in. If, if you're doing something new and you're taking it on, it's probably the worst you're ever going to be at it and just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And you're going to get yes. better with time and you're going to get those reps in and you're going to learn from each of those mistakes and failures that you can use as, as educating to get better as you move forward. Yes. I love that. And, 
it's crazy because like with each business, there was always things that I was super uncomfortable doing. But after, like you said, after repetition and doing it a few times, then you start to get more comfortable with it and it leads you into the next thing. Like I remember um, like how I launched the company in October is I hosted the Zoom event, this networking event. And there was like 50, 60 people on the call, but I was not very comfortable in front of a camera, let alone like leading this entire call. But I just had to jump and do it. And then once I did that, I kind of felt more comfortable than I had to do it within the, the membership. And now I have to speak in person at events, which was super <laughs> uncomfortable to do at first. But I just feel like after you continue to put yourself outside of that comfort zone, you start to develop new skills and, and it becomes normal. And then that's how you ultimately grow. Yeah. I used to be super nervous doing this. Yeah. I bet, man. I bet. <laughs> it was just having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. So uh, if anybody listening wants to partner with you or join your organization or go to a, uh, one of your meetup events, how do they find you? Yeah. So honestly, we're most active on Instagram. That's where you'll probably find the most information on us. Um, but outside of Instagram, we also have a website. It's just ArizonaEntrepreneurs.com. Um, our emails info at arizonaentrepreneurs.com. So any of those places I feel like um, would be a good place to contact and reach out to us. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. And then is there anything that you wanted to cover that maybe I didn't touch on? Um, not necessarily, but we do have that June 5th event. I know I touched on it a little bit, but June 5th, um, that's, that's the event we're going to be having at the private airport hangar in Scottsdale. So um, it's going to be a good event. It's the first time we've hosted an event there. So I'm, I'm super excited to see the turnout as well as just the, the overall style of the event because the last ones were at a different venue. So it should be a good change of scenery and, and yeah, it should be a good event. What, uh, what sort of things can people expect at your June 5th event? I mean, at an airport hangar, it sounds like that's it. I, I immediately think of, uh, I think it's the Phoenix 2030 does their suitcase party there. So, oh, okay. um, yeah. So what, what sort of things can people expect at, um, at this event? Yeah, so this event, it's going to be quite different from our AZ after hours we've been having in the past just due to the venue. So we're going to have food trucks there. We'll have music. We'll have a panel of speakers. Um, we're also going to have business vendors. So probably anywhere from five to 10 business vendors set up um, different styles of businesses. And then we're expecting around 150 to 250 people to show up. So it's going to be a lot of local entrepreneurs, business professionals speaking, just, you know, just a, a good experience to, to come in, you know, meet local entrepreneurs and business people. That's very cool. And so that's June 5th. And what are the times? Yeah. So it's June 5th, 2 PM to 6 PM. Awesome. Well, I hope that it goes really well. It sounds like it's going to be quite the event and I appreciate you taking the time to tell me a little bit about Arizona entrepreneurs and what you guys are doing. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, there's just, like I said, there's too many of these surface level networking groups. And I like that you're more about building deep relationships and, and providing other value than just a location to go and have some cocktails. For sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys very much. Uh, this has been another edition of Danny Brown Talks Phoenix, and we will see you next time. Just wanted to say a quick thank you to all of you who tuned in for this episode of Danny Brown Talks Phoenix. I know there are many podcasts out there and I truly appreciate that you chose to listen to mine. If you go ahead and subscribe and leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. Lastly, I wanted to remind you that this episode was brought to you by Myriad Real Estate Group. So if you ever have any questions about real estate or looking to buy or sell in the Phoenix area, please visit myriadaz.com, which will be linked in the description. Thanks again for tuning in to Danny Brown Talks Phoenix.